Our second Bible reading comes from Matthew, chapter 11, and we're going to hear verses 25 to 30. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, thank you, Ollie and Amanda, for praying. We are more than halfway through our series, if you could ask God one question. And over the last few weeks, we consider some of these questions, and these are the questions, if given the opportunity, we would ask God. The first one was related to, is God really in control? And the answer is, of course he is. Even in all the mess of this world, God remains in control, and to help us believe that and see that he's already determined what the end will be and he's directing all of human history towards that end centered around Jesus Christ last week we considered the topic of suffering the why of suffering now there are many reasons to why they often remain mysterious to us but known in the mind of God which always causes and cause us to turn to God in faith when we experience suffering we turn to the one who knows Today, the question is far more personal. Not only why is there suffering, but when it happens to me, does God care? And you can understand why anyone would ask such a question. You just have to live long enough and you'll experience pain and suffering, whether it happens to us or where the cause of pain and suffering to others. And so when it happens, the question today is a personal question. Does God care for me? Does God know my pain, my heartache, my sorrow? And so the question is no longer theoretical about suffering out there. But now we're talking about what happens when I feel the pain in here. It is a personal question. In fact, far more than being a personal question, I suspect for some of us, even in this church family, it is a personal cry. I don't care if God can care. Of course he can. He's God. What I want to know is whether he cares for me personally. And so when I'm alone, is he there? When I'm in the pits of life, is God there in the darkness too? When I'm hurting, does he know my pain? It is a personal cry. It is a cry which reflects what it looks like to be human. You see, we have this existential need for relationship, for love, to be loved and to be cared. We have this need. In fact, it's the cry of all humanity since the very beginning. And we see it all over the Bible. Do you know the story of Hannah? She was barren, unable to have any children. And some had to suffer through that grief, unable to have children. 
she experienced misery. And so what did she do? She went to the temple, and in the bitterness of her soul, she cried out to God, do not forget me. Or do you know the story of Jonah from the belly of the fish? Of course, it was his fault. He tried to run away from God. But when he was in the belly of the fish, he described that as being in the depths of the grave. He cried out to God for help in his distress. And of course, you can understand why. But perhaps the place where we find a lot of these cries to God is the book of Psalms. A collection of songs and also a collection of laments to God about life and to God about God. In fact, about 70% of the Psalms, there are laments. And so we can see, for example, in Psalm chapter 6, My soul is in anguish. How long, O Lord, how long? Have you ever cried such cries? How long must this go on for? Or Psalm 130, out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, hear my voice. Do you hear me, God, in my cries? Do you hear me at all? But perhaps it was the words of King David in Psalm 22 that was read out so well by Anne. That is the most heart-wrenching. The one who enjoyed a personal, intimate, deep relationship with God himself the one who was king over Israel. He had a personal connection with God, but yet though he had the favor of God, his life was not immune to pain. And what was his experience? I mean, those chilling words, Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? Oh my God. I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, and am not silent. It makes you wonder, doesn't it, what he would have experienced to say such anguish words. Do you see what's worse than suffering? It's not just suffering alone, but it is feeling abandoned even by God. And that was David's cry. Now, if you look at those words from Psalm 22, I wonder whether you've ever felt such a way, forsaken by God. In your despair, you cry out those words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because if you have never, ever had to go and reach those places, those dark places of despair, never felt such a way where those words never entered your mind or crossed your lips, if you'd never, ever had to reach that place, then you should praise God for that. You should be so thankful to God for his gentle kindness upon you. You see, knowing God does not make us immune to pain. This week when we reflected on this question, God, do you care when I'm hurt? In our growth group, we reflected on Psalm 22, and I asked the group, How does the words of David reflect the human experience? One in our growth group shared this. One shared how their first child was born breached while they were overseas working as missionaries. Died two days later. First child, Rosemary. 
heartbreaking to hear, far more heartbreaking to experience. I mean, as a parent, I could not even imagine what that would be like. Your first child, the one in whom you place all your joys and your hope, but yet your first experience of parenthood to be shattered in such a way. He shared this to our group. Perhaps there was a moment there for him and his wife when they were new parents that was shattered so quickly. Perhaps there was a moment when they cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That was a somber moment in our growth group. And so does God care? Does God care for you? It is a personal cry. And when we read the rest of this psalm, you can understand the anguish of David. His enemies even mocked him, scorned at him. You're a believer in God? Well, where is your God now? Why doesn't he come to help you? Does your God care for you? And so what's the answer? Well, the answer is God does. But how do we know? How can we be certain? How do we know that our cries are not just going up into the ether and just disappears? Or our words just hits the ceiling and and that is it. How do we know? Well, the way we know that God cares for us, it's not that God says, I care for you from a distance up in heaven where it's all glorious and great and I'm just screaming down at you, I care for you. No, instead, what God has done was that he has come near. He has come near to us. It's a bit like when you experience a time of difficulty or pain or grief. Isn't it wonderful when that friend texts you a message and says he or she cares and is thinking of you and is saying a prayer for you or sends you a a nice text? It's nice, isn't it? But isn't it another thing if your friend picks up the phone and speaks to you and says, can we pray together over the phone? That's wonderful, isn't it? But isn't it another thing if your friend drops what he or she is doing and comes over to your place, sits by you as you are crying and gives you their shoulder to cry on? That is coming near. That is coming close. And that is what God has done. But even more than that, that is what God has done to us in sending his son, Jesus Christ, to show us that he does care. He's not just screaming at a distance. He has come near in his son, Jesus Christ. Now, we have to remember how condescending that was for God to do. I mean, would you do that for any creature, become a creature? Out of love for that creature, would you become an ant? I mean, you really have to love the ant to become an ant, to speak to the ant, to care for the ant, to sympathize with the ant. But yet God did that. In Jesus Christ, Jesus, the Son of God, left the glory of heaven. God the Son became a man, took upon him human flesh, born of a woman, to be like us. How do we know God cares? He became like us as a human being to identify with us and to experience what we experience, the ravages of sin, this cancer-stricken world. He came and he experienced the, the brokenness of this place. And he did so so that he would know our pain and our suffering. 
God knows what pain and suffering feels like from the inside. Not at a distance, but from the inside. You see, God is not indifferent to pain and suffering because he experienced it in Jesus Christ. I mean, that is a profound, profound truth. And we read that in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 4. For we do not have a high priest. Now, a high priest is like a mediator, the one who stands between God and us, between the divine and human beings. And Jesus is that high priest, that perfect high priest, because he's both divine and human. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. How do we know God cares? Well, it's because Jesus became like one of us. And so he's able to sympathize with us. In fact, the word sympathize, in the Greek, it means to suffer with. And so, you know, when we cry out, no one knows what I'm going through in life. No one knows my pain. Jesus says, yes, I do. I do. Does Jesus know what it feels like to be betrayed by a close friend? Well, Jesus says, yes, I do. I know exactly what that feels like. Does Jesus know what it feels like to be mocked and scorned and bullied and shamed? Well, Jesus says, yes, I do. I I know exactly what that feels like. Does Jesus know what it feels like to experience injustice, to be falsely accused? Some of us may have experienced that. It is heartbreaking. It is so frustrating. Jesus says, yes, I do. I know exactly how that feels. Does Jesus know physical pain, bleeding, being cut, being bashed? Jesus says, yes, I do. I was crucified. Look at these scars. And so does God care? Well, he didn't just send us a text, did he? He didn't just pick up the phone and speak to us. He came close. More than sitting by our side, God the Son came from heaven to earth and is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. But even more than just sympathizing with us, that's one thing, isn't it? Jesus is able to do something about it. It's true, isn't it? If you're able to sympathize, it goes so far in bringing comfort to a friend. If you're able to stand beside, sit next to, it brings so much comfort. And often it is those who have experienced what you are going through who are able to comfort you best. You see, those who have experienced depression are able to sympathize really well with those who are undergoing depression. Those who have been through cancer are able to sympathize and care so well for those who are struggling with cancer now. Those who have lost a spouse know what it feels like to lose a loved one are able to sympathize well with those who have lost a loved one. To be able to sympathize is so important, to express our love and care is so important. But Jesus goes further. Jesus is not only able to feel what we feel, he's able to do something about it. Jesus invites us in Matthew 11 
Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Which means, don't just stay away in all your pains and struggles and frustrations and disappointments. Don't try to do life on your own. Don't try to solve the problem by yourself, but come to me. Come to a person. Come to me because I care for you. I mean, Jesus, he's the Lord of this universe. He's not saying, I'm too busy making all these snowflakes. I'm too busy upholding this world by the laws of gravity and physics. I'm too busy for you. Jesus doesn't say that at all. But when we cry out, God, do you care when I'm hurt? The answer from God is not a glee answer. God doesn't say, well, these are the 10 steps to relieving your pain. These are the four noble paths to unburden yourself. Jesus doesn't say that. God's answer is the person of Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Come to me with all your pains and disappointments and struggles and sadness and tears. Come to me with all your baggage and brokenness that you are bearing. Come to me when it feels like the ground beneath you is just crumbling away. Come to me because you don't think yourself good enough to be accepted or worthy enough to be in the very presence of God. Come to me when it feels like you're a burden to everyone else, but you are never to me. And what is it that Jesus is able to do about it? Well, we read on. I will give you rest. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. None of our friends or family, as well-intentioned as they are, can offer us that. Rest for your souls, peace for your heart, a loving, embracing comfort like you've never known. It's why Augustine, in the 4th century, a church father, he said, You, that is speaking about God, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they can find rest in you. You see, our hearts will continue to remain restless, troubled, until we come to Jesus. And when we come to Jesus, we are coming to who? We're coming to one who is gentle and humble in heart. The only place in the gospel where the heart of Jesus is described. You want to know what the heart of God is like? You want to know what the heart of Jesus is like? Well, here it is. Gentle and humble. Coming to Jesus is not coming to one who has his arms crossed or his fingers pointing, or that condescending look upon you, you filthy, wretched person. But it is coming to one where if we were to place our hands on his heart, we would feel gentleness, humility of heart, the most understanding person in the world, the one with his arms always opened, the one who is humble and gentle and will deal with love, Deal with us tenderly. You see, Jesus can't be but gentle and humble because that is his heart. 
And when we come to Jesus, we are also exchanging our yoke. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. He takes what's ours, and we get what is his. Now, if you know what a yoke is, a yoke is used in farming. It's a farming equipment. It's a heavy wooden crossbar that's placed across the cattle as it plows the ground and carries the farming equipment. And the image is here. What Jesus does is he takes off this yoke off us, this burdensome, heavy yoke. Our weariness, our burdens, our pain, our grief, our sorrows, our failures, our brokenness, our inadequacies, our futile efforts to get to God, our futile efforts to be moral and good. He, he takes it all off and he places on us what is his. He gives us his yoke, which he describes as, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Which means Jesus gives us what he has. And what does Jesus have? He has the love of the Father for him. And he invites us to share in that, to be yoked with Jesus in that, in the love of the Father for him. You see, we see this just before this passage. Jesus speaks of his relationship with his Father, this intimate relationship he has with God. In verse 27 we read, No one knows the Father except the Son, and those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And so when Jesus invites us, come to me, Come to me. Jesus is saying, come to me and share with me what I have with the Father. It means humble dependence and trust. It means not depending on yourself, not carrying your own burdens, throwing it off, it means. And it means finding rest for your souls. In our growth group this past week, uh, reflecting on this question again, another shared and Again, another quite somber moment. Another shared in our growth group how, this is years ago, her husband, her first husband, took off. Just took off. How do you deal with that? Divorce with two young children. How do you survive? The heartache, the betrayal, the pain? Many of us do not understand, nor would we want to understand. But she went to Jesus, kept coming to him, kept coming to him, to his word, read it cover to cover, and over and over again, she came to him and found rest for her souls, comfort for her heartache. And so does God care? Well, yes, in Jesus Christ, who's able to sympathize with us and who invites us, come to me. But there's more. To make it as absolutely clear as possible. God cares for you. How do we know? Now, do you remember those chilling words of King David? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Well, the cry of David was not really his own. He may have felt forsaken by God, but he never was. Because later in the psalm, in Psalm 22, David comes to realize, For he has not despised or disdained the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. 
God did not turn his face away from David. But there was one who cried those very words and was really God forsaken. And of course you know. It was his son Jesus Christ. In the darkest hour of all humanity, on that cross, there was that yoke exchange. Jesus took upon himself our inconceivably and unbearably heavy burden and yoke. I mean, you just need to reflect on your own life, even as I reflect on mine. What type of yoke is that? Well, what type of yoke was that? The things I regret now saying and doing, I can't fix it, I regret it. That guilty conscience, the guilt of the past that you can't wash away, it just weighs you down. When you remember those things, it just eats away inside and it gives you nightmares. The way I've hurt people and hurt others, those I love. The things I did that I did not think I was capable of doing. The way I have in pursuit of my dreams, my life, I have turned my back on God. Forgetting that my very life comes from Him as a gift and neglecting to honour and love Him as I should. That burden, that yoke, well, Jesus suffered the ultimate consequence for all those burdens, and he was condemned for it. Not merely by that brutal, horrific, shameful, painful, torturous Roman crucifixion, but in the very horror of those words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God the Father turned his face away from God the Son, because he stood in our place, bearing our heavy yoke to rescue us from the ultimate penalty for our sins, our guilt, our shame. Jesus experienced God forsaken us in that moment of history. And so how do you know God cares? Well, Jesus was God forsaken for that moment that will never, ever be repeated so that we will never, ever have to experience God forsakenness. He bore our yoke so that we might get his, the yoke of the Father's love. And we know it. How? Because he's got the scars to prove it. I mean, this is how Christians, and if you've been a Christian for a while, you know, don't you, that is how you get through life. In your pains, in your griefs, and in your sorrows, when you experience the deepest, darkest of places, I remember my Saviour carries the scars. I remember that I will never be forsaken by God because of it. That wonderful truth was captured in this old poem written shortly after World War I by Edward Shilito, who was a soldier who saw all the carnage and horror of World War I and trying to make sense of all this death, all this terrible waste of life, he wrote this poem. The other gods were strong, but thou wast weak. They rode, but thou didst stumble to a throne. But to our wounds, only God's wounds can speak. And not a God has wounds, but thou alone. How do we know God cares? Well, in contrast 
to gods who remain distant, impersonal, the true God, the only God, the God in our Saviour, Jesus Christ, he bled and died, so that in our wounds, God's wounds can speak. And so, God, do you care when I'm hurt? Well, Jesus says, come to me. He says, come to me, the one who cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when we come to him, and unless we do, we carry our own burdens for the rest of our lives. Unless we come to him, that burden will not be lifted. But when we do come, we cast our burdens upon him. We get what is his. That belongs to us and will never, ever be forsaken by God. But instead, we find rest for our souls. If you come to know this God, and that is our prayer, and many of you already do, how can you do life without God? Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the God who loves us in such a way that you did not just say you care for us from a distance, but you came to us in your Son, Jesus, who's able to sympathize, who was God-forsaken at the cross, that we might never, ever have to be. We pray, Lord, that you'll draw those who are far, even as we listen in now, draw them close to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.